0: taking control of iOS 16 and iPadOS 16 with Josh Centers. This is Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Rogue Amoeba. Visit them at macaudio.com right now to take 20% off purchases through September. Today's edition of Mac Voices is supported by Rocket Money. Take full control of your subscriptions with Rocket Money at rocketmoney.com slash MacVoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, iOS 16 is out, iPad OS 16 is coming, and that means we have to talk to Josh Centers about his Take Control book, Take Control of iOS 16 and iPad OS 16. Of course. Josh, how are you?
1: I'm great, Chuck. Thanks for having me on again.
0: Hey, it's 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 a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I I look forward to these every time we get an iteration of the iPad and and iPhone OSs, just because you kind of boil things down to what we really need to know, or what we should know, or what we should pay attention to, as far as new features. Um, I've been running iOS 16, I guess technically iOS 16.01, um, since getting my new iPhone. Uh, I know that I have some friends who are still holding off because they aren't getting new phones. Um, mm-hmm. where do you see, where do you see the adoption situation? Should people still continue to wait just a little bit or do you think we're good to go? It-
1: you know, I mean, it's it's typical tidbits advice. We tell people to wait until, you know, at least a few days, maybe a few weeks, maybe to the 0.1 version. Uh, I am aware of some bugs uh, that have cropped up. One of the things that's really getting on people's nerves, there's a new security feature that is to ask your permission if you want to paste from one app into another. And it's asking it every single time you paste from one app into another. And uh, I don't know how. Apple let that slip because that was true all throughout beta. And so, of course, now it's out in the public and it's really getting on people's nerves. So uh, Apple's going to be quick to fix it. Another bug I heard about today, and unfortunately can't really um, dodge this one because it affects the uh, iPhone 14 Pro, which comes pre-installed with iOS 16. But there is uh, something that causes the camera to shake when you use it with a third-party app like TikTok or you know Facebook or Instagram, things like that. Um, otherwise, I mean it's it's pretty solid. Um, the betas were very solid as they have been for the past, I don't know a couple of years now. It was what is it iOS 13 that was such a mess at launch and Apple vowed that they would uh, they would fix it. and so since that since the iOS 14 beta uh, it's been pretty stable from day one. So I haven't had any major issues with iOS 16, so I mean, if you're just dying for the new features. I wouldn't be too afraid of installing it, but as always, um, there is an update due next week to fix some of the early bugs. So, you know, you might want to hold off until then, but you know, I mean, I'm the wrong guy to ask because I installed this stuff in like June. So on my main (laughs) phone, um, because I'm a lunatic and that's how you get these books written. So (laughs) I I have different standards than a lot of people do.
0: No, I I know exactly what you mean, Josh, because I'm, I've said this publicly, I'm not a beta runner. You know, I don't, I don't install betas because I feel like I don't want to waste time on features that might not get there or might not get there in the fashion that they're in the betas. So it's just, I I wait until it comes out and then kind of deal with things. Um, That said though, you know, it it seems like some of these bugs are, uh, the pasting bug is inconvenient at at worst. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's. And I know why it's there. It's it's there because of privacy and, you know, concerns about, are you sure you want to put that information? Do you do you know what's on your clipboard? And are you sure you want to put it in wherever you're going to put it in? Um, I can't get too excited over the vibrating camera bug because, you know, does the world really need another rendition of, you know, five people doing the boogaloo on TikTok? So not concerned about that one. Yeah. Um, and and so and I, if look, I'm sorry, folks. If you use those and they're really important to you, then you know I apologize. But I really haven't seen much in the way of of serious feature bugs or productivity killing bugs.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I don't think there's any showstoppers here. And like I said, it's worth noting since about iOS 14. See, before then, if you installed beta one on your phone there was an extremely good chance your phone wouldn't even boot. And I don't know what Apple changed behind the scenes, but starting with iOS 14, you could install Beta 1, and it was pretty usable out of the gate. And uh, I think another thing that's improved things is Apple uh, is less afraid to cut features or to delay features that just are not working. Um, They've done that with a couple of things this year. One of those is the iCloud Shared Library, which... I don't think it was a bug in this case. I think it was the fact that iPadOS was delayed and Ventura um, not delayed. I mean, neither one is technically delayed, but neither one will be out till October. So there's nothing you can really sync with right now. And there's a couple other little things uh, they've delayed, but no- nothing major. And in fact, there's probably fewer features delayed this year than there have been the past couple of years.
0: And, and how, do, how do you feel about the delayed features, Josh? Uh, I mean... I know i I am happy because I'd rather see them delayed and come out a lot more fully formed than come out and be buggy as the devil
1: yeah i, I as a user I have the same attitude. I would rather have a refined and polished and well working feature as an author, it drives me nuts because you know I'll spend you know several days writing about something and then Apple cuts it and then Joe's like no you you can't include that in the book it's not in there I'm like it was in there, um, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. but there. There was um, I can't remember which feature it was that. Oh yeah, it was the the iCloud shared library, and that was like the, the one time he let me get by with it because we'd already published the book, and then Apple announced that they were going to uh, delay that feature, at, and they announced at the very last minute, and so we're like, ah, just just put a note on there. Because, well, and here's the weird thing is if you use the beta at all even if you didn't turn that feature on you still have access to that feature um, w- which is really interesting and again that's why i think it's not a bug it's just a, f- a matter of uh, there's no one to really share your your iCloud library with yet i guess because uh, iPadOS and Ventura aren't out so um, but yeah generally i think it's good to you know and also if you compare like the stability of the entire operating system against like one delayed feature, you know, I'm, I'm glad they're opting for the overall stability instead.
0: So Josh, let's get down to it. Um, how do you feel about dynamic Island?
1: Well, it was a great show. I'm sad. It only lasted a single <laughs> season, but you know, it was very exciting. Um, Now uh, first of all, it's, it's one of the dumbest product names Apple has come out with. It's, but it's so, it's so Apple in so many ways because it's so grandiose. Um, I think it's interesting. Uh, I haven't had a chance to play with it yet. I, I do think it makes uh, the iPhone 14 Pro the iPhone to get. I had a 14 very briefly last week, and, you know, it's fine. It's an iPhone. Um, it's basically the same as an iPhone 10, just better. You know, the, the design hasn't really evolved much at all. So the the dynamic island and the always on display are the two things the two big hardware advancements aside from cameras that we've seen in the past few years so i'm excited to play with that i think it's a very clever way to use that empty space
0: okay so that's fair if you haven't seen it and it presents a challenge for you as an author to have a feature that is only present on a couple of the iphone models
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's a problem I've always had because, like, I mean, right now we have three different interfaces we're dealing with because the iPhone SE and the iPad, the basic iPad still have a home button. We're still dealing with, um, you know, things work differently on home button devices. For instance, the control center, you bring it by pulling up from the bottom of the screen instead of from the top right ear. And uh, that actually tripped my wife up recently because my mother-in-law has an iPhone SE and she needed to adjust brightness or something on it. My wife could not figure out how to pull up the control center. I'm like, oh, no, you got to pull up from the bottom on this one. So that's an annoyance. Um, That's something I'm kind of annoyed with Apple about. I do wish they would standardize that a bit because I I think it's at this point legitimately confusing for regular users uh, for no good reason. Um, but yeah, Dynamic Island's interesting because then I have this extra layer I need to try to document. I'm not too worried about it just yet for the simple fact that not many people have the iPhone Pro uh, 14 Pro yet. And also for the fact that I think developers are still figuring out, um, well, they can't even take advantage of it. That's the other feature Apple delayed was the live activities. So it's only really Apple using it at this point, but it's a very cool feature. Uh, it, it remains to be seen if it's something important that people are really going to love or if it's the next touch bar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I have to admit, you just brought up something that I hadn't thought about because I guess I'm more of a typical user than I, I think of myself as um, I tend to pay attention to just what, what devices I have and forget that, mm-hmm. you know, some of the other devices um, maybe the, the, the the not the lower but the the less pro devices are still thing have things like the home button and still have different mm-hmm. interfaces than what the the flagship models have. So yeah, that that's another challenge and another reason to get the book to because there's so many different variables here. Exactly. Hmm.
1: By okay. the book. By the book.
0: <laughs> um, so. I mean, talk to us about what you think are the important features of iOS 16. Um, I and I, and I've again I've I've confessed that I tend to think of the of it as iOS 16 running on the iPhone um, 14 or iPhone 14 mm-hmm. Pro Max for me. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. there's no reason that you can't take a 13 or a 12 and upgrade it to iOS um, iOS 16. So what features should people be on the lookout for?
1: Yeah. It, it, I mean, it still supports a pretty impressive array of hardware. I think all the way back to the iPhone seven, just off the top of my head, I think they finally dropped this, the uh, six uh, I personally run it on 11 pro because I'm cheap and don't like upgrading iPhones. So, um, the most important feature is one you probably want to appreciate what right away, but that would be pass keys and pass keys. Uh, are it's part of an alliance between Apple, Google, and Microsoft. So this will take off eventually. But it's uh, a consortium, I guess is the proper word for it, uh, to get rid of passwords. And there are a handful of sites you can use this with now. In fact, if you go to ebay.com from uh, an iOS 14 device, you will be asked if you'd rather use um, I forget the word they use. They don't say. They don't call it a passkey. That's like Apple's term. Everyone's going to call it something different and confuse the crap out of everybody. But basically, you can go to eBay, and you can choose to log in uh, with Face ID or Touch ID instead of a password. And what's interesting, when I tested this feature, so in theory, that completely replaces the password. Uh, in reality, it does not, because if you log in on a device that doesn't support passkeys, you can still use the password. So... In theory, once once an app or a site gets rid of the passwords entirely and just goes to the pass key, then that will be a lot more secure. For now, it's mostly going to be a convenience feature. And it's one of those things It's going to take probably, even with the, the help of the 800-pound gorillas in the room, it's going to take a while before it becomes a, a true standard. Um, but yeah, that's probably the single most important feature. The most noticeable f- feature for most people is the customizable lock screen, which uh, we're about to have an article out on, about that in tidbits, and of course you can read about it in the book. But um, what's interesting, you can, you know, of course you can change the the background wallpaper, but they've added these what they're calling widgets. Really, what they are are their complications because they're distinct from um, the iOS home screen. Widgets—they are monochromatic and uh, much more compressed in terms of uh, the data they show. They're they're a lot more like Apple Watch complications, but uh, you can add up to uh, five of those on your lock screen. And there's some other neat things. Um, It it does a better job of helping you pick lock screen uh, pictures from your photo library. Another cool thing it can do is it has a what's called a depth effect where it you know, the problem uh, in previous versions of iOS, like you you put a, you know, your wallpaper is like your your sweetheart or whoever, or your kids, and then their face is covered up by the time display. Well, in iOS 16, it's smart enough to figure out how to put the time display over their face or over their head. Um, so, so you get this neat kind of 3D thing. And uh, also, and this is something that's really interesting, is you can link a lock screen to a focus and and it's it took me a while to really figure out how this works because i assumed oh you switch to the focus and that just changes your lock screen which is true but it's also it also works in reverse it's a two-way street so if you switch to that lock screen you switch to that focus and i only figured that out later on when i when i was playing with my uh lock screens and I suddenly wasn't getting notifications about things, and it, it finally clicked with me exactly how that worked. So, for instance, a really cool uh, new lock screen design they have. It's called Astronomy, and it shows you a big close-up picture of the moon, and I have that tied to my sleep focus. And so, uh, you know, I can switch to that. It turns my sleep focus on, and it's obvious because it's a big moon, Right. Um, or I turn my sleep focus on it and it turns my lock screen to that. And what practical value does that have? Um, other than making focuses slightly easier to activate, not really any, but it's fun. Um, and, and I think that, that makes it a pretty good selling point from Apple's perspective. Um, I think one of the cooler things uh, in iOS 16 is that focuses are finally usable in that when they were first released you had to go through and manually approve every single app and contact you're going to receive notifications from now you don't have to do that now you can say instead exclude these apps so one of the things you can do um i have a family focus and when my family focuses on you know there are certain notifications i still want to get but i block things like discord slack uh email you know like because i I don't want to hear about work-related stuff uh, when I'm with my family, but I may want to hear about other things. You know, I may want to see news alerts and things like that. So it it helps you better fine tune those focuses. And for me, I mean, it's still kind of a complex feature, but it makes it useful. And another thing with focus, they have these things called focus filters, which are kind of confusing. I don't really recommend them for most people. But let's say you have a separate work email account and you have a personal account and Let's say you have a set of Safari tabs for work, and and you don't want to see all that stuff when you're not working. So you could set it so those are hidden unless you're in your work focus. So so and part this is part and that's kind of what's great for certain people, but also why I uh, don't encourage its use too much because um, I because like hiding content from a user. In my experience, it's just a guaranteed way to get support emails saying, "Hey, why can't I see my all my email? Why can't I see my messages?" Oh, I had that focus on. I didn't realize that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize that it was unplugged from the wall, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I want to make sure I have this straight. So, if I trigger a focus, I can I can set it up so that a a specific lock screen lock screen appears but I also mm-hmm. can set it that if a if I wanna change lock screens, that means I'm automatically in that focus. Do I have that right?
1: Yeah, if you have a focus link to the lock screen okay. and, it's, and it's listed at the bottom of the screen um, when you have a focus attached to it. So, I mean, it will tell you, not super explicitly, but you can look and see uh, if you're in that focus. So, yeah, it's it's kind of trippy, like because like you change the lock screen and then it also changes which notifications you get.
0: Well, I'm, that's part of just the customization, though, is it not of the of each lock screen that if I have lock screen day, lock screen night, that I can have. Comp- mm-hmm. I mean, like during the day, I might want a a stock widget, but at night,
1: yeah,
0: you know, I might just want a you know major news headline widget widget for me to look and see what's. You know what what's what's happening in the world if I wake up or when I wake up first thing in the morning
1: mhm- yeah exactly that's the that's the intention uh I'm still figuring out how to make the most of that yeah it always feels like for certain features it takes me like about a year to really get the hang of it like i just i feel like I've just now got the hang of home screen widgets. I've really started using those heavily lately, and uh it, you know one of the things that's getting on my nerves with these lock screen uh widgets that are not complications um is that there's a bug this is yet another bug in ios 16. it's pretty minor but there's a lot of developers coming out with these widgets and they're not showing up and there's all these goofy things you gotta do to try to get them to show up so hopefully apple fixes that very soon because um it's a feature with a lot of potential for example uh i use uh my to-do app is an app called todoist and uh, one of the things I love about Todoist is it has a great home screen widget that lets you very quickly add something to your to-do list. And it makes a great universal capture feature, you know, especially if you use something like GTD, getting things done. Um, you can capture things very quickly, even from the lock screen. But they have a lock screen widget um, that lets you tap it to, and add a new task with one tap, which is really nice. But it took me a while to get the thing to show up. Um, so that I'm curious to see what developers do with it is what I'm really saying here, because, you know, Apple's uses, I don't know, Apple's built in widgets are kind of so, so like you have the activity rings, which I don't put a lot of stock in things like that. You know, I want to see something like for my calorie counter app, like how many calories do I have left, you know, or uh, uh, my fitness tracker athletic. I want to see like, you know, how much exertion I've done and how much, you know, I've left to do. You know that sort. You know, so like Apple's examples are fine, but this is really going to take off once the the third party developers fully embrace it.
0: You said you have to do some crazy things to get them to appear. Can you give me an example of what that might be?
1: Uh, let's see. Some of the things that have been suggested uh, by developers: restart your phone, which I've had limited success with; um, cha- temporarily change the language on your iPhone uh to to reset the lock screen. That's another mm-hmm. one I've seen suggested. Um uh what was another one? Uh oh uh, of course uninstall, reinstall the app, you know, things like that. So like I'm having this issue right now where like I, I know I have apps that have updated to include home screen uh I'm sorry, lock screen widgets. And uh, that those aren't options for me yet. So I'm assuming it's this bug. And at this point, I'm not going to invest a lot of time fighting Apple's bug. I'm just going to wait for them to fix it, which I'm sure they'll do uh, soon, maybe even by the time people see this.
0: Today's Mac Voices is supported by Rogue Amoeba. If you're working with audio on your Mac, you need Rogue Amoeba's products. Holy cow, Rogue Amoeba Software is celebrating their 20th anniversary. Two full decades making amazing audio apps for the Mac. If you're a podcaster, musician, or just someone who listens to audio on their Mac, Rogue Amoeba can help make your life better. Whatever you want to do with audio, it's a good bet they have a tool to help you. With Audio Hijack, you can record any audio. Loopback gives you extremely powerful audio routing without needing cables or mixers. And SoundSource is the sound control that should be built into macOS. Those are just some of the audio essentials that Rogue Amoeba makes that help me and many other podcasters do what we need to do. Rogue Amoeba doesn't run consistent gimmicky sales or discounts. They charge fair prices all the time. But in celebration of their anniversary, they're making an exception. For a very limited time to celebrate their 20 years in business, you can get 20% off any purchase from Rogue Amoeba. You don't need any coupon codes or special URLs. Just visit macaudio.com before the end of September to save 20% on anything they make. Download free trials, then buy online to receive the discounted price. Congratulations to Rogue Amoeba on 20 great years! Visit them at macaudio.com right now, and thanks to Rogue Amoeba for supporting Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Rocket Money. Cancel unnecessary subscriptions today with Rocket Money at rocketmoney.com slash macvoices. Are you wasting money on subscriptions? 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. Maybe for you, it's an unused Amazon Prime account or a Hulu account that never gets streamed. There's this great app to help you keep track of these expenses and manage them. And because of it, you will no longer waste money on subscriptions you don't even use. You might have heard of it. It's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows you all your subscriptions in one place and cancels what you don't want for you. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double-charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you do is press Cancel, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash macvoices. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash macvoices. Thanks to Rocket Money for their support of Mac Voices. It's tough being you know, the first ones out. I don't care how solid the betas are. You know, they're, they're yeah. just, there's probably technically not an infinite number of combinations of, of software out there, but you know, we all have an insane amount of uh, apps installed on our phones. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, there's times I have to wonder why any of it works at all. Because, you know, things <laughs> things step on each other and, you know, it's no wonder Apple likes to lock things down because, you know, at least, at least that assures that most of the time their apps will run, you know, pretty much flawlessly, but not always.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's always, there's always a, a few moving parts that uh, I've noticed tend to break between beta and release. Uh, one of those used to be network services. The good news is those are now consistently broken, iCloud is, so you, you know what to expect there. Um, the other one is uh, you're going to go from however many beta testers there are, which are a lot more than there used to be. Um, so I, I'm glad for that because it seems like we have fewer surprises. But, you know, it, it used to be much more the case that once like millions and millions of people had it suddenly, oh, yeah, there's all these bugs that nobody knew about. Um and then uh, there's uh, probably the big one now, and what we're seeing with the with the uh, lock screen widgets is when developers develop, you know, are you know they're tapping into the Apple APIs, and we're seeing that in, in a widespread rollout for the first time. And, and there are certain bugs that no one were caught because they weren't installing betas of those developer apps, and and they weren't doing it through the App Store, right? They were doing it through Test Flight. So so there's another bit of machinery that uh, can easily break that people aren't able to really fully test.
0: Um, has Handoff improved, you think, in iOS 16?
1: Mm, no. No, it's not the same as it's always, <laughs> it's always been. Okay. AirDrop is no better, I will tell you that. AirDrop is the same level of reliability you've come to expect from an Apple service. Um now, the FaceTime handoff is pretty cool. It's a little different than regular handoff because you actually have to press a button to hand off a call. Um, I'm going to be honest. I have no idea when the heck I would actually use that in real life, but I'm, I'm happy for the people who wanted that. I'm sure it's useful for somebody.
0: Okay. i um, just checking my notes here because I want to make sure that I asked you about everything I wanted to ask you about well one thing we haven't talked about is sort of the the elephant in the room, and that's ipad o s sixteen which is not yeah. out yet um, no. so you know it's it's kind of strange to be talking about what do you think about an 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 o s that is not out there in the wild yet, but how do you mm-hmm. feel about things like stage manager and you know everything that's supposed to be coming to ipad o s sixteen
1: so as a whole, iPad OS uh, 16 is fine. It, um, it's about equally stable. Um, no major problems, um, except for Stage Manager. Stage Manager is a hot mess. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not quite sure what Apple is doing here. For, I mean, first of all, it's annoying because the only people that can use it are the people that ponied up for M1 iPads Pro. And even like older iPads Pro cannot use it. You have to have the M1, right? Which means, or, or I guess you can have the Air. You can have the M1 Air, which is I guess the budget option there. And, and, and I know like people say, oh well, you know the people people have been saying for years they wish they had a reason to buy an M1 iPad, and now they finally give you one, and you're mad about it. But I would counter that with we've had window we have we've had windowing since 1984. Uh, I was born in '83. So, you know, I, I don't really consider, you know, a feature about as old as I am to be high end. And the way they've implemented stage manager is just extremely weird. Because, um, like, you, you have, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, four or five. So you have this side dock, right? I forget what Apple calls it internally. You're probably not supposed to call it that. But anyway, so you have this dock that doesn't have a name on the side and it carries these what are called app groups, and you can have up to I think it's four windows per app group, and um, there's just lots of really weird, unexpected behavior. Like like you think you're getting rid of a window and it pops over to another group. That you know stuff like that. It, it's just it's kind of unpredictable. I see why they delayed it, um, but it's it's just kind of I mean it's potentially useful, but it's also kind of weird because like part of the problem is. Uh, you have to code your apps to be able to take advantage of it. And some apps work with it out of the box and some don't. So um, that's a challenge for developers. It's also going to be, this is why I've told people, if you really like the idea of stage manager, please do not shell out the money for an M1 iPad just for that, because you may be very disappointed to find that your apps do not work work well with it. Um, and that's that's just kind of a reality. And uh, the other thing I, I'm kind of annoyed about is, so they have the same feature on macOS Ventura, but in macOS OS so in macOS Ventura, you have the classic red, yellow, green buttons up in the upper corner, you know, so it, you know, it follows that typical macOS convention. On the iPad, you have the, the little um, ellipsis up top, and that's how you can, things I don't know just the, that bit of inconsistency drives me nuts because like there's there's one way it works on the Mac and another way it works on the iPad um, and I kind of get why they didn't want to add a Mac convention to the iPad but um yeah a- anyway I just I, I kind of think it's a hot mess um, apparently people who who use it on Ventura really like it on Ventura um, I don't know anyone who just really loves it on the iPad just yet.
0: Okay, I, I yeah, it's been fun to watch the demos. Um, I have not even tried of anyone else's Mac or iPad to see if I like it, but the demos make it make it one of those things that like I'm anxious to try. I'm not sure if it will suit my needs, but um, it certainly is. A, I, I think it has the potential to be better than what we've got now, especially if you're a longtime Mac user. It just it it feels. I don't know. Just at a gut level, it sort of feels a little more Mac-like on the iPad, but at least that's the way I see it. I don't know if you agree with that.
1: Yeah, it's a lot more Mac-like uh, than than. However, Apple's been trying. You know, they've been doing the slide over and split view and all that. And I, honestly, I don't use that stuff much outside of just writing about it because I just find it awkward. And I mean. You know, I don't know. I just it. I mean, maybe I'm just old. I don't know. But like to me, it just feels kind of weird and unnatural. I will use it sometimes when I have a very distinct purpose in mind, like dragging and dropping things. Um, but yeah, like I mean, just to be honest, like slide over. I've always found it to be really confusing. Like it, it could be handy, you know, especially if you're taking notes on something. Um, I do use it with notes a bit, but it's still confusing. And there's all these gestures and and all these very unconventional windowing methods. And so Stage Manager is a bit more familiar, but it's also still kind of alien. And interestingly, apparently it was based on a, uh, this site and this, uh, this blog post got taken down, so I know it's legit, but it, there was an internal feature from 2007. I forget what they called it. We, we covered it in tidbits, but it was the, the exact same feature and they intended it for, I don't know, maybe it was Snow Leopard? Uh, or, or Leopard, and uh, it just didn't make it. So, like, Apple basically just pulled it out of the history bin and dusted it off and, and put it on the iPad and in Ventura. So take from that what you will.
0: Yeah. There are a number of features that I, I have to wonder if they didn't make it then. And and if, don't ask me for examples, but just, you know, it's, it's it's something that crosses my mind because we thought we had – and we did have so much power compared to previous machines. And now mm-hmm. with with the M1 series, we just have this embarrassment of power. And now I think a lot of things are being rethought or reexamined as, yeah, these now are feasible. Whereas, you know, back then, they would have ground the machine to a halt.
1: I, I think in this case, it's almost the opposite. Because I, I think the real challenge with user interface now is there's too much. There's too much power. There's too much stuff going on on your screen, right? And so at least, in the, I mean, in the case of the iPad, stage manager makes it so you can juggle more stuff. But in the case of the Mac, it's doing the opposite, right? Because it's limiting how many windows you have displayed at once. Because, you know, I mean, I, I know you and me both probably have, you know, 40, 50 different windows open at one time. And it's, you know, all this all this going on. And that seems to be a real theme in the past few iOS, iPadOS releases. You know, things like focus and uh, screen time and, uh, you know, depending on your point of view, stage manager, where where Apple is trying to make it so you can better focus, so you can eliminate distractions and, you know, and really zero in on, um, you know, I guess what's important. So it's almost the opposite problem. We used to have the problem of we can't do that. You can't use that feature because it's not enough power. Now it's like, well, there's too much power. How do we limit it?
0: Well, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I mean, I y- when you were talking about slide over and and the features we have now, mm-hmm. I'm thinking the reason one of the reasons I find them you know maybe not completely satisfying is I feel like there's never enough screen real estate. You know, mm-hmm. se- says the guy with two four K monitors behind him. You know, so um, you know maybe I'm just getting too used to you know too much real estate, and even even a twelve inch iPad feels a little cramped when it comes to trying to have multiple windows open.
1: Yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you mean. Cause like, and that's part of why I don't use split view very much because, you know, most of my iPads are around 10 inches or, or so, I don't tend to get the really big ones. And, and when you do split view in those, it's yeah. It makes you realize just how small the screen is that the, the iPad, it's, it's kind of frustrating. Cause like when you have just one app full screen, it feels like it's a little too much. And then when you have it, you know, split, it's like, oh, wow, these are way too small. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm right there with you. Um, So we talked a little bit about some of the iOS 16 bugs that are right now we're seeing mm-hmm. with the iPhone 14s. Um, any, any iOS 16 bugs that you think people should really be aware of as they're preparing to upgrade?
1: Nothing major I've seen. I mean, there may be something... Um, it just hasn't cropped up yet. Like, like I said, the main thing, the main annoyance I've had is those uh, lock screen widgets not appearing, and I'm hoping Apple fixes it quickly enough where most people won't notice. I'm sure that's going to be a top priority uh, for this first update that's supposed to roll out soon. But now there's uh, there's the copy and paste thing that we mentioned. That's slightly annoying. Um, but yeah, I haven't I haven't noticed anything that's just you know, makes the phone unusable or, or makes it unpleasant.
0: Okay. That's good because even though I've only had a couple of days with iOS 16, I haven't come across anything that's like, well, gee, why did they do that? Or it's breaking something the way that I like to do it. Um, mm-hmm. if, any, if anything, my biggest challenges uh, over this time period, and as part of it is, has to do with the transition of the phone, is trying to log into Microsoft uh, applications so oh well i can i continue my run with that but <laughs> that's is that.
1: difficult in general No, i i installed um i had ipad os installed from the first developer beta and i installed uh the ios public beta uh from the from the beginning on my uh, my main iphone and i was i was actually shocked by how uh stable it was from the get go um so that they've done a, a really good job of quality control and, you know, given all the many small new features that could break in so many ways, I'm pretty impressed with how uh, not problematic it is.
0: Yeah. And that's another reason I think to, that folks need to go and take a good hard look at your book because there are so many, we're talking about the major features here. They're all kind of little mm-hmm. minor tweaks and, and enhancements and additions that have been made to iOS, just like every time they upgrade ios and if those are features you use then you need to know about what the changes are and how to use them and if you don't well yeah then just be aware that they're there
1: and uh yeah and this book has a little something for everyone uh because when i first watched the the ios 16 announcement i was sitting there scratching my head and saying how am i going to make a book out of this um because see for the past couple of years we've been uh So, so this start. I've been doing these for like eight years now, and for the past few years, I've been basically putting out the same book, uh, but with updates. And then uh, a couple of years ago, Joe said, "Well, let's let's just come up with a new book every summer." I was like, "Oh, okay, great." So, 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 so I got you know to buy. I was rewriting the book every summer. And and, uh, and there was enough features to justify that. But what's funny is um, people didn't really seem to like that. You think people would be like, Yay, I got a, a fresh new content every single year. Um, but no, like we had a lot of requests for, for iOS basics. And so I spent a couple of weeks this summer thinking about, you know, how do I bridge this gap uh, between customers? Because I know there are people like me that I don't, I don't need to know how to manage Windows or, or you know, manage open apps or whatever. I, I've i been doing that. That's baby stuff. I've been doing it for years. You know, what's the new stuff? How do I use it? And so what I finally came up with is the first big chapter in the book is also the longest chapter. It's a crash course in all of the new features. And one of the things I used to pride myself on with some of the older books is I would have, I, I considered myself to have the most complete list of new features. Well, the good thing is Apple actually publishes that now. Apple used to not publish all the new features. It was up to, you know, people like me to figure that out and write it down. So, there's no point in competing with Apple. So, what I did instead was I I studied their list and, you know, found a few other things they didn't list and I I I, did, I do quick how-to, right? Like if you if you want to know how do I how do I manage a passkey, how do I set up a passkey? uh you know um how do i unsend a message how do i edit uh an i message? things like that i show you how to do that very very quickly in, in just a few paragraphs per section um and then uh now there are some things i i link out that are just more complex like customizing lock screens that's that's a big part of the lock screen chapter uh because there's quite a bit to that or can be so if you're a an experienced user and you don't care about the basics, uh, you can just get to that stuff very quickly. And then for folks who, you know, may be new to iOS or, you know, there are things you're uncertain about or things you want to brush up on or certain aspects that you just never got around to. Like, for instance, we're talking about split view. A lot of people have no idea that's a thing on their iPad. And then they trigger it accidentally one day and want to know how to get out of it. Um, so uh, so we have chapters on all the basic features, everything from the lock screen, the home screen, uh, f- managing focuses. A- and that chapter was rewritten almost entirely from scratch because there was so much stuff added to that. I have an entire chapter on on the new accessibility features because there are so many new ones in iOS 16. In fact, Apple actually announced those before they even announced iOS 16. Um, so there, there is, you know, I can't claim I'll make everyone happy because I guarantee every time I come up with a new book, people are like, hey, why don't you cover this app in complete detail? I'm like, well, because if I did that, then you'd be looking at an 800-page book that I would never update because I would take one look at it and say, ah, I'll do that later. Um, so this this keeps it humid. Uh, this keeps it manageable for humans and uh, especially the the guy who writes it and updates it but it covers all the basics. It covers all the, the actionable new stuff. So there are some things I might just briefly mention, but like the real focus of that first chapter is, isn't is just copying Apple's list of features. It's like, okay, what can you actually take action on?
0: I think that's a, a, a terrific approach. I mean, it's like you said, especially since Apple is starting to do a little bit better job of documenting things. It seemed like for a while it was a treasure hunt. You know, okay, let's 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 access this app or this screen, and then let's hold the modifier keys down and type every key on the keyboard to see what happens. And you know mm-hmm. that that seems kind of crazy, um, but also I've I've been to a few user group meetings uh, recently, and I, I I agree with you completely. There's a hunger for some of the more basic features because a lot of these folks and and not just the user group people but other people are buying their first iPhones still they're still buying their first iPhones mm-hmm. they're still mm-hmm. buying their first iPads and they they need a little help in in using the things that you and I know as second nature so you know what can you say
1: yeah well you know I, I i hear from people uh who are just now upgrading from like an iPhone 6 or a 6s and you know and they're getting like an iPhone 14 Pro after all that time and you know the the 14 Pro may not be very impressive if you had like a an iPhone 11 or an iPhone 12 but you jump from a 6 to a 14 Pro I mean you're 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 going to a whole other level of iPhone it's going to be a totally different experience for you so you know, and that's sort of the thing we've just we've just learned from years of doing this. People people want that stuff. And so I'm I'm more than happy to give it to them all freshly updated and ready for iOS 16.
0: Funny you say that because a friend of mine over the weekend told me he had upgraded from for the first time uh for a long time he upgraded his 6S to a 13 Pro because mm-hmm. he he didn't he didn't want to spend the extra money for the 14. And he's not mm. a big camera guy, and so you know the thirteen was was that level was fine for what he saw as a reasonable price, but he's struggling now with uh, the swipes because he's got no more home button. So the yeah. things the things that you and I did five and six years ago, he's struggling with. Right. So it, brand you,
1: new. Well, yep. you know you got to think about all the people still using the iPhone SE, and you know here in a few years, I'm sure Apple's going to get rid of the home button entirely. It's going to happen eventually. And and they're going to be starting fresh in a lot of ways. Yeah. um. So, yeah, this is going to be a, a problem for a long time to come. And then by then, I'm sure the iPhone 20 Pro will have like a, a brain implant or something and, you know, something totally different.
0: Let's hope so. Let's hope so. My, my brain is ready for an implant, Josh. I don't know about you. <laughs> uh. Um, so, folks, you know th- th- this means that no matter what phone you're upgrading from, you're going to get something out of Josh's book. If if you're going just uh, one step from a 13 to a 14, you're going to get great information. If you're going from a 6s up, you're going to get a g- lot of great information. Um, Josh, what what kind of pricing do we have for this one?
1: So new, it is 14.99. If you uh, if you had the iOS 15 book, I think you can upgrade. For about half of that, I think it's about seven fifty or so um but yeah that's a that's a pretty good deal I mean you know with and, and our prices have not gone up despite uh inflation, so you're getting a better deal now than you ever have because I figure by by in terms of inflation of my grocery bill you're getting at least a fifty percent <laughs> discount over what you would have last year, so
0: <laughs> there you go, there you go, yes. <laughs> Uh, Take Control Books, Adjusted for Inflation. I like it. I like it. So, folks, you get Josh's book along with Joe's book uh, on Ventura. You get uh, all the other great books from the Take Control authors at takecontrolbooks.com. You can click over there and find any of those. There are bundles. There are great deals. Um, There are upgrades if you're already an owner. So check it all out. And as Joe reminded us when he was here last, check out the Take Control blog so that you know what books are being worked on and what's coming next. Josh, I'm not sure what's, I haven't read the blog, what's coming next for you?
1: (laughs) Oh, uh, you know, I haven't quite picked, uh, I'll probably do the notes book next just because it's the quickest to update. Um, I need, I really need to update the the home automation book because Apple rewrote the home app, but I, I, I'm still waiting on that stupid Matter Alliance to finally materialize, and I, th- I think it's about to do it. The the, the latest was it 16.1 beta supports it, so I'm um, I'm really hopeful it's it's going to happen because that's going to uh, be a huge change to Apple Home Automation. You you'll be able to pair like a Google Nest device in theory with with HomeKit. So or you can pair like a ring camera with home kit. So that's going to be huge. It's going to be enormous. Um, so that's, and that's going to be a cause for, for a book update for sure. And at some point I'll update the Apple TV book. Frankly, I, I I'm still not sure what's in tvOS 16. I, I'm not sure Apple does either. Um, I, I, I'm joking, but like the, the actual feature list is incredibly tiny and insignificant. And mostly it's it's a lot of ads for Apple TV content. So that really seems to be where Apple's uh, TV ambitions are these days.
0: Right. Well, whichever book it is, you can count on Josh being back here to tell us about it. Um, Josh, is, it's always a blast. Thank you so much for the time and for yet another great Take Control book.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Folks, I'm Chuck Joyner, this is Mac Voices. One more time, take for Josh's book, for Joe's book, and for a whole lot of other books that you really need to be getting to get more out of the Apple technology you have. Until the next time, and as always, thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page, and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine,